Hello, everyone, and welcome down to episode number 75. That's some kind of milestone of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia, and the guy on the other screen or in your other ear if you are listening on the pods. It's Cam Blake, not in Hobart, Tasmania, but in Tasmania somewhere. Where do we find you, Cameron? Uh, You will find me right here, uh, there, Cradle Mountain. Cradle Mountain. I am am in tuning in via the miracle of technology, maybe. Uh, (laughs) See see how long we go. Uh, Yeah, I'm here in a cradle halfway through a workshop. I'm absolutely spent. It's been sunrise after sunset after sunrise after sunset. And for some stupid reason, Cradle Mountain keeps turning on mornings like this one. Yes. where Where we've got to get up to do it. So there's no sleeping in. Right. Well, we, uh, without yeah. without any hesitation, show everyone your background. Let's do it now. All oh, right. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if I can. Can you do that yeah. with this one? Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. I just put my thumb up. That works even better. <laughs> uh, my my background quickly is this morning, as of the whatever the fifth of April, uh, early morning sunrise at Cradle. It was a stunner. Uh, we had some beautiful color and light hitting the mountains and. Yeah, really cool. We've had uh, two of those and uh, we've had two sunsets as well. And tomorrow morning, we're looking like we might get a bit of cloud and rain. So we might get a sleep in, but uh, it is pretty impressive when it looks like that. So beautiful spot. Uh, Something's telling me that you're kind of hoping that it might be a bit cloudy and rainy so you can get a little bit of a sleep in. Man, I'm so, I don't know what. I've almost knocked myself out on this trip. I hit my head on the trailer. I told you that the other day before. <laughs> it's been it's been one of those trips where we've just uh just yeah, non-stop from the get-go. So yeah, but it's good. Uh we had a little bit of a rest this afternoon. It was like 20 degrees and sunny up here, which is not great for landscape photography in the middle of the day. No, I guess not. But I, I just go back going backwards to your background there. I I think without um weeing in your pocket in any way, shape, or form, that's one of the best backgrounds you've put up. Well, I think that you. is absolutely stunning. Um, beautiful balance, good color, mm. just subtle yet striking. Uh, I like the framing with the little tree top left, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. The tree, the, tree, the, the, tree, the tree was a bit of a last addition, it was there, and I thought oh, it might be cool to get it in there. And then the breeze kicked in, so as soon as the sun came up, the breeze started kicking mm. in. It was actually, but I got it when the just a shot when the breeze was a bit uh still. So Look, Cradle and I have a funny relationship. Like sometimes it works really well, other times it doesn't work at all. But uh, we've had some pretty good. Uh, yeah, we had a cracking sunset last night, a really good one today. They're doing lots of burning off around uh, northern Tasmania, like the the seasonal burn off. So it puts all yep. those sort of particles in the air, and the sun and light looks really cool. So yeah, so yeah, uh, similar going on in this area as well. We've got a lot of mm. burning off going yeah. on, so we get the we get the uh, added bonus of uh, a filter over the sun. Yeah. And yours, I've been there. I reckon I've been there where yours is. Sure. Let's do mine now as well. We might as well. Yeah, this will keep Mel very happy. Uh, so this is this is my beach. This is Ocean Grove Beach. So I took this shot a few years ago um, on a night where the sunset was just going to be really boring. So, you know, those nights when you're at a really nice location and you know the, the sunset's not really going to cooperate. So you sort of just start hunting around for compositions. Yeah. And Sometimes you come home with absolutely nothing. Other times you sort of, I don't know, sometimes you sort of stretch yourself into and you sort of convince yourself that it's a good composition, but it's not really. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that, that's an example of one of those. <laughs> I, I really, I like the sand. I like the sand ripples. Well, that's about all I could get out of that shot. And, yeah, I mean, it's a wire fence and, yeah, I don't know. If you, if you, if There's you something just crop- about it, and I think it is the sand ripples. If you just crop out that bottom left 
third or quarter of that frame, that's a cracking shot. Yeah, yeah. And then say it's say it's in say it's in Egypt somewhere, and you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Thanks to everyone who has liked, shared, followed all that sort of fun stuff. Um, I think we can almost safely say that we're closing in on 500 subscribers on YouTube, which is pretty cool. I'm just double checking. I'm just double checking right now. Is that is that a live number that you gave us? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it's higher than that's, that now. Uh, yeah, it's four. It's four sixty-seven now. Holy smokes! Oh, we yeah. are moving along nicely, and uh, thousands and thousands of do- downloads on the pods. Um, yeah, we we had a great week this week. Did you see we that? Did. We did. we uh, we. I think I don't think I don't think I make it up. Like I look at the charts and I'm like. The visual arts chart in Apple, you look at it and it says, oh, okay, these are the, the episodes that have rated really high. Mm-hmm. And we were the number one rated Australian photography podcast episode last week. The, the only photography show that outrated us on the Australian charts was Fro Nose Photos. Which is pretty cool. It's ridiculous. We should get that dude on. <laughs> Jared Poland. Jared Pollan, his yes. fro, fro wouldn't fit in. We wouldn't have a background. It'd just be no, that's hair. right. It'd be pretty fascinating to have someone like that on, really just to chew their ear about how they got to where they where they are. Mm. Um, I love I love finding out the backgrounds behind how some of these guys have got to where they are. Um, if, for yeah. those of you who don't know Frono's photo, Jared Poland, uh, mm. we'll put a link in the description you can go and check out. Basically, uh, does a lot of camera reviews on his site, talks photography, all the time has like a photo news part of his uh, of his yeah. podcast, uh, and always, I want to say a wee bit controversial um, with his he'd opinions. Fit, he'd fit right in on this show, then. <laughs> well, yeah, we do, we do tend to tend to push a few buttons. Should we briefly talk about last week's episode in terms of the feedback that we received? Or yeah, why not? What, I think the comments that we got. So, for those of you who didn't catch up with the episode, how dare you? But yeah. uh, if you didn't. Um, it was really talking about um, giving away your photos uh, for free. So when people come and knock on and ask for, for free photography and uh, for, to, to pump up their cause or their website and stuff like that. And I think Cam and I were sort of, as per usual, in heated agreement that, um, mm. you know, sometimes, yeah, like charities and things like that. But when yeah. it comes to people who are uh, gaining financially uh, from your photography, yeah, maybe not such yeah. a good idea to just hand away your photos. Yeah, we, we we had a good chat about that and it it, it struck a chord with a lot of people. Um, and I uh, got some messages about that. I actually got some private messages about that as well. Um, so it was good. Uh, seems like people are understanding the angle that we're coming from. Uh, they don't necessarily have to agree with it. That's fine. But um, yeah, it was an interesting discussion, but uh, it's controversial, probably not. Common sense, maybe. Yeah. More. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was just topical for a particular thing that was going on in Tasmania at the time. So well, uh, this is this is the thing. It wasn't really going on until I started talking about it. <laughs> I, I, I just like I had a few people mention something to me, and and you know just that I did I did the stupid thing, and I went I went oh there's a rabbit hole. Let's go down there. <laughs> let's, and no no no, no. it wasn't a rabbit hole. It, it was a can of worms. It was a can of worms. <laughs> That's and, what it was. Um, I actually speaking uh, of a of a. Of a a type of uh, publication that's semi-related to what we were talking about last week. I actually saw it today in the bookshop up here. It's a lovely book. And um, <laughs> it was funny. One of my guests actually picked up the book and said, hey, are we going to see any of this while we're ever Cradle Mountain? I'm like, oh, we might be able to. It might be good. And they're like, oh, these are some stunning photos in this book. I mean, yeah, very, very well donated um, photos. <laughs> and 
their their response was similar to mine. What? Mm. How did that happen? But mm. that was that was episode seventy four. We're on episode seventy five. Sorry, so we yes, we should. We need to. We don't need. We don't. We don't need to go back. We need to move forward. So our main topic for discussion tonight <laughs> is uh, now. It's sort of, this sort of relates to what you're uh, going through at the moment, Cam, with your photography workshops and what we've mm. got coming up with our King's Birthday long weekend workshops here on the Ballerine. Sold out, I'm afraid, folks, but there will be more. Um, and that is what is photographic knowledge worth? Now, I think the reason why we uh, want to talk a little bit about this is. Uh, I'm assuming, Cam, the reason you want to bring it up was because it uh, does harken back to your workshops. And Did I bring this up, did I? <laughs> well, we, we kind of discussed it a little bit. Uh, there's, I know there's a lot going on, but, <laughs> but we wanted to talk a little bit about... Yes. Um, well, okay, so we, we, we received some feedback two, three weeks ago now from a listener um, mm -hmm. uh, with regards to the pricing of our, uh, in particular, our Murray Mallee workshop. Mm -hmm. um, and the feedback, to be honest, wasn't great. It, it was it was constructive criticism, we should say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and look, basically the crux of it all was uh, that the workshop was overpriced. Um, but we then had to, we felt like we had to sort of justify ourselves or, or not so much justify ourselves, but, but explain to people, you know, what you actually get when you come to one of these workshops. And of course, straight away, I started looking around at other photographers or other companies that are offering this sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, for what we are dishing up for our workshops, we are positively bargain basement prices compared to <laughs> yeah. yeah some of the stuff I saw out there. So I think more importantly, though, we wanted to just discuss, you know, talk, talk to you about what, or talk to our listeners about what what it's worth to them to come on to one of these workshops or anyone's workshop, not just ours, but um, because yeah. we do push our workshops a lot. Um, but we wanted to explain to people, you know, what's the value is what, what, you know, cause there's a perceived value and there's an actual value. And Cam, you've yeah. run a lot more workshops than I have. Uh, it's safe to say. Um, and I think, I think what is undervalued mostly straight out of the gate is yeah. the photographic knowledge. So, you know, mm. we've got experience, you and I, I mean, I've been doing this for goddamn 30 years now, um, longer actually, which, yeah. <laughs> which you know, yeah. which is just amazing. And and you can't buy that kind of experience. No. So what we try and do is is we try and uh, pass on or a condensed version of that experience in a matter of days. Yeah. And then the question is, you know, comes up, well, what is that actually worth to people? So mm. um, what, yeah. what's your take on that, Ken? It's it's a it's actually funny that I actually sort of forgot that we were going to talk about this topic because I think we had it last week. <laughs> You're we on your plan. This week. Yeah, so it's funny you raise this because I had a message from another pretty well-known photographer in Australia today about someone actually messaging him, um, probably not to the probably not to the level we received our feedback from the person that sent us, but probably on a different scale altogether. Right. Um, quest questioning the cost of a workshop and 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 why the hell would they charge so much and stuff like that. Um, but you're right. Like it's it's a really tricky one to. I think it's a really hard one to explain to people where the value is. Yeah. Um, and you know we can go back to the old saying that a picture tells a thousand words. And I really like in a workshop that you run, a picture can almost tell you exactly why you paid that much to do it. So you know I think it's interesting that people seem to be able to they seem to want to question the price of workshops for photography, um, but they seem to not really worry about pricing issues with other type of things that they pay for. Like <laughs> yeah, it's all, all, and I think that comes back to the fact that there's so many photographers out there and 
Like, why would I pay you a couple of thousand dollars to spend a few days with you when I can just get on YouTube or read a book and do it myself? And and like you said, like we've got a lot of experience between us and I've run lots of workshops. You've been in the industry for ages and like the knowledge that we have between the two of us is not something that you can just pick up by watching a one hour YouTube or even a week's worth of YouTube yeah. because every scenario that gets dealt up on a workshop provides a different sort of set of tools to how to capture the shot properly and how to get the light properly and how to set your camera up properly. Um, even simple things like even on workshops, like, oh, my filter's stuck. Uh, I put two filters together and they're stuck together. Uh, how do I get them off? It's yeah. like, okay, well, with our knowledge and just know-how of the industry and how it works, we can fix that for you. Yeah. Or you can take it to a camera shop and they'll charge you $200 to fix it. Yeah. So it is a hard one to say, you know, what's it worth and why, why do we get this point where people are questioning us? Um, but I think what people probably need to look at is more so the, especially with workshops anyway, like the bigger picture of what's being offered. Yeah. Like don't just look at it as if, oh, this photographer is going to teach me how to take nice photos because it's that's only a fraction of what the workshops are generally about. Um, there's accommodation, there's travel, there's time, there's research, there's logistics for getting things set up, there's you know, insurances, there's uh, permits for national park. There's a plethora of things that we do as workshop runners to get a workshop up and running. So we can put you in spots like right behind me at the right time. Like that's just not yeah. drive up and do it. That's a that's a process that takes, you know, sometimes weeks, if not months, to get organized. So yeah, I, I get I don't see I don't think I get peed off when people question it. And by all means, I I didn't get disgruntled or anything by the person that contacted us about the one we're doing. I think that scenario might have been maybe more of a misunderstanding of what they were expecting versus what we were offering. Yeah, no, that, that that's exactly right. So the, the mm. caveat I'll put on this is um, we talked about running a workshop uh, up in the Mallee, uh, mainly because it's my old stomping ground. And the person who contacted us was from Mildura. And um, they actually, I think what they thought we would do is just literally go up there for maybe a day um, mm. and have you know a group of photographers come together for a day, which is something worth considering and something that may happen down the track. Yeah. Um, however, what we wanted to run was more of a photography tour rather than just yeah. a workshop. It's a photographic tour. So where we don't just go to one location, you know, where you put all your eggs in one basket for a workshop, we actually can spread ourselves over, as you say, Cam, four days, you know, mm. and, and we'll be, you know, sunrise after sunset after sunrise, yeah. After, yeah. you yeah. know, and, 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 but also, you know, the hours in between as well of, um, you know, yeah. of photography during more challenging conditions as well and teaching people how to, you know, what to look for in photographs during, you know, more harsh sort of lighting conditions. I digress yeah. slightly. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the, the value that we're offering is spread over a long period of time. It's yeah. eight participants only on this particular photography tour. Yeah, that's right. Which yeah. is a four to one ratio over four days. So, yeah. you know, the 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 amount of one to one learning that's going to happen is is very, very high. Yeah. Um, and I always find when I run my entry level workshop, which only happens in my store, we don't even go outside to take a photo. It all happens mm. in store. That's the getting to know your camera, all that sort of stuff. People like that, but it is purely a springboard to let's get outside and take some photos. Yeah. That's when the penny drops. It's when we yeah. get people out in the field. And we, I saw this in our summertime Ballerine Peninsula workshop. The amount of times you could almost hear the penny drop with some yeah. people. Like, 
Right. Yeah. And you could see it when they, you could, when they get the result with you and then you can stand there and have instant feedback. So where there's the shot. All right. What worked, what didn't. Okay. This didn't work. Right. Let's eliminate that. Now let's try again. Wow. Look at that image getting better and better before their very eyes, that level of excitement, that level of, you know, almost, um, it's 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 fun right you know to see to see these people you know actually go oh i see it i see it and they get they get the bug right before your very eyes you can't put a price on that no you can't and i think where people get maybe get their knickers in a knot so to speak is i think they look at the dollar signs and just just see dollar signs though like i said and and maybe it's partly our fault as, as photographers that we don't emphasize the value that they're going to get from that dollar sign but yeah you know, it's it's interesting that people get upset about it. And, and I find that people get upset about it in a completely different way that they get upset about, you know, the price of petrol or, you know, <laughs> the right. price of the price of a loaf of bread. So yeah. it's almost like, you know, how dare you try and yeah. how dare you try and get me to pay you a couple of thousand dollars to teach yeah. me something I love so much. Yeah. But I, and I want to get better at it. It's like, like, we're not we're not putting a gun to anyone's head to do these no. workshops. No. It's, and it's what a we're classic doing... thing, isn't it? It's it's like we we put it out there. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we that's, don't that's, care that's, if you're not think... the person that we want no. on the tour. <laughs> no, but I think I think where people get upset about that is that I think yeah, you know, I, I I'd hazard a guess to say that there's not one single person out there who loves photography is not very passionate as well. And I think people will have a passion to get better at photography. And they can see they they I think they can actually see the benefit of doing a workshop for for example with us or whoever it might be they can see the benefits, but they just can't seem to justify the value behind it and that could be budget requirement like restrictions they might have you know they might be unemployed they might have you know lot big family they might have lots of bills whatever it might be, so they can't put that two and two together that I, I, if I do this I know it's going to be great for my photography, but I can't afford to do it so. Instead of just accepting that and saying, okay, well, I'll save up and do a workshop one day or I'll put money aside, they they just go the other way and say, well, that's not fair. That's too expensive. Like, I'm not paying that for you. I, if I can't afford it, then that's not fair. And as I use with the other person I spoke with today, that's like going into Ferrari, a Ferrari dealership and saying, your cars are too expensive. I want one, but how dare you charge half a million dollars? You know, yeah, that's right. I, I want one. I want one for 20 bucks. Like, it doesn't work like that. No. So, it's an interesting one. And I think also even just on this workshop and it happens every workshop I go on and hopefully it doesn't work in the other way, but every time I'm on a workshop, I hear stories about other workshop hosts around Australia. And I'm sad to say that I, I hear probably more, more negative stories about other workshops than positive ones. And there's a couple, a couple of common names that pop up in those, in those conversations, which clearly I'm not going to mention on here. Um, <laughs> and I think sometimes that might, you know, rub people the wrong way, or it might just give them a bit of a bitter taste in the mouth that, oh, such and such went with Cam Blake for $5,000 and they had a really bad time. It was poorly organized and they didn't get what they wanted. And that, that, that tars us all with the same brush that, you know, workshops are overpriced. You don't get what you want. Um, all, all I can say to people that are considering my workshops, at least, you know, look at, look at the reviews people get, look at the photos people get on the, on the thing. And look at my return customers. Like they're they're all good ticks, green ticks in the right columns. Um, you know, if you're if you're hearing stories about someone doing a workshop, then there's probably more stories behind them as well that they're not maybe a good operator or they do things a bit dodgy or whatever it might be. But 
I think it's a bit unfair to, to send people emails and say, you're too expensive, how dare you? Because I want to do this and I can't afford it. You know, how dare you sort of put me out of that price bracket? Um, for example, what, what you were talking about before with, you know, we can, we can go to Mildura, we can go to Swan Hill, we can go to Bright, we can go wherever you want in Victoria. But, you know, we've got to drive four hours to get there. We've got to then spend probably a night or two there to have a full day with a group of people. Um, we've got to then be up early, finish finish late, um, get food, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like our, our cost out of pocket is at yeah. least probably a thousand bucks between us for the for yeah. for a two day thing. And and then it becomes a balancing act as well because sure we can reduce the price and increase the numbers of participants, but then they don't get the same. That decreases the experience. So right. the, yeah. you know there, there is there's a magic formula there somewhere and yep. you know we're not we're not saying that we know what that is but you know you've got to strike that balance and i think yep. you know this uh this workshop we've got coming up in october you know four days eight people it's it's absolutely perfect that's to me that yep. sounds about right for yep. um you know as i say for that one-on-one -on -one stuff the other thing to remember about a workshop as well is it's not how can I put this? It's not like we're going to be there, you know, throwing it down your neck. It, it's going to be actually a really well-paced sort of thing yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to be absolutely exhausted because you still got to be good for the next day to go out and shoot the sunrise and all that sort of stuff. So I, I wish you told my I wish you told my guests on this workshop. <laughs> so we're going to pace that as well, you know, and there's yeah. all that to work out too. There's so much behind the scenes that goes on to putting something like this together yeah. that, that people simply don't see. Yeah. Um, but let's turn this to the positives. I've read your reviews, you know, I've read a lot of your reviews and they're always very, very positive. Mm. Um, whenever I run my entry-level workshops, intermediate or landscape workshops, I'm, you know, I'm going to totally blow my own trumpet here. I, I always get really positive feedback. Yeah. Yep. Whether that be right at the end of the workshop and to a person, thank you so much. I learned so much more from doing rather yeah. than just watching and yeah. that's the big difference is you yeah. you put yourself out there and it's doing not just watching and then go okay in a month's time when i'm out shooting that sunset I, do you think i'm going to remember that youtube clip about iso yeah. and white balance and all that sort yeah. of stuff yeah. of course you're not you, you, no. you'll know it when it's being shown to you in the field at the time and something else that's really important i do with my workshops and um, would be happy and incorporating what we do as well is that okay for instance you pay the money to come on the Mally Mally Murray workshop we do the four days a month down the track you're like oh what did Cam say about you know depth of field or something like that send me an email send me a message send me no like it doesn't stop after the workshop like I have so many customers that still continue to message me or email me and say hey remember I was on your workshop in Tassie and you were talking about whatever it was, um, can you just refresh me? And it's quick, yeah, it's a quick email. Yeah, cool, go look at this or this is what I was referring to. Like it's an ongoing exercise where people learn. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, and again, like staying in the positive, like this this is no way a go having a go at the person that sent us that email. Like I'm actually glad we got that email because it gives yeah. us a bit of, it gives a bit of a, a focus on, okay, well, this is probably missed the mark a bit for that person. But, you know, can we try and incorporate something that will work for that person and the like who in, in that region. And, you know, maybe that can happen, maybe it can't, but um, we're, we're always open to feedback and, and happy to take it on. But yeah, you know, going, going back to the question, what is photography knowledge worth? Um, I, I think that's a bit of a combination as to what we believe we're worth 
and what the person who wants to improve their photography think it's worth. Yeah. So um, there's a there's a happy medium there somewhere, and you know some people are happy to pay, um, you know, in excess of tens of thousand dollars to go on these extravagant photography tours, and that's fine. And there's other people that want to just do a day trip for 150 bucks with someone, and that's fine. But to me, I reckon if you really want to get a bit of a kickstart in your photography or scratch up on some things that don't make any sense or things that you've been, and you're talking about the wow factors before and the, the aha moments. I've had them all down today, down by the lake here, having those aha moments. And it was simply about how do I expose to make sure this sky looks like it does. Simple, simple adjustments to your camera with exposure and, and the like. And they're like, oh, oh, I've been doing it wrong all this time. That makes sense. You know, sometimes that moment on its own to walk away with a shot like this at Cradle Mountain is almost worth the admission fee. Yeah. So it's a tricky one. It is tricky. But, I don't know what know, the answer is. But yeah, and then you're right. You know, it, we, we, we take on board constructive criticism and um, hopefully we, you know, we got an email from one person. That, that means there are other people out there who probably are like-minded. And uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, so we just thought it was a good opportunity to clear a few things up. If you've got any questions about anything that we're talking about, email Br email Brendan at that's right. <laughs> no, no. dsps.com.au. Oh, that's right. Yeah, send us a message on the website. But yes. yeah, I think in closing, like it's a really hard one. Um, I know um, when I do my workshop costings and try and work it all out, like I said, you take all the things into account accommodation, transfers, food, parks, time, all that kind of stuff. And like, I think in regards to where I sit with my pricing and my workshops, I think, and it's similar to what we're doing with, with the down south workshops, we sit in a pretty comfortable, affordable bracket for the majority of people. There's, yes, there's going to be people that can't afford it and there'll be people that want more. But I think based on what we offer and the time we put in, the effort we put in, the price is actually justified quite easily. Like we could easily put another 20% on top of our price and do what some other people do. But I, I'm in I'm in the business of, you know, I know you're the same, but I, I get an absolute kick out of people getting as much passion out of photography as I do. And if I can make a living off that and also get their passion levels up to where I am, um, then happy to do it and happy to do it on a reasonable budget for people who, you know, like I said, a majority of people can work out to save for it or they've got the money to pay for it without breaking the bank. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We, we've, we've got to eat as well. We've got to do our stuff and, you know. I could probably eat a little less. but We could probably eat a little bit less. So no, I, just speaking for myself, that wasn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're both the same. We're going to eat less <laughs> on the Overland track coming up, that's for sure. Wow. Nine days before I'm in Tasmania. Yeah. And the weather forecast has gone tits up a bit. Yeah. That's, that's, shall we say. Which sounds about right. But, hey, I'm ready for it. I'm up for it. Mm. I'm up for it. We'll. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask you that question on day one at Kitchen Hut when we're bunkering down together and and it, the the wind's blowing at 100 kilometers from Antarctica. Hey, yeah, it'll be character building. <laughs> it'll be. It will be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we shall see. Um, yes. That other little topic there. We, uh, should we talk about that one? Yeah, we. I, re I reckon we can squeeze that in. Yeah, I reckon we can yeah, squeeze yeah, that yeah. in. Yeah, it's a good um, one. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, yeah, I've been taking photos for a long time, as I keep saying. So have you, Cam. Um, and I've often asked myself, like, what 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 would be my ultimate landscape uh, shot to take? Yeah. Mm. Um, 
and it, it's a it's a tough one and and i think it comes back to um location like it's like where, what would be your ultimate landscape photo well you know, i start thinking it's like oh the canadian rockies or you know mm. vancouver island or yeah, Tas- yeah. tasmania or mm. you know and for me it's always it is always parochially an australian sort of landscape so yeah. um you know I, I think that my ultimate landscape shot would have to be in australia it's probably going to be coastal but yeah. it's it's hard i mean I've, I've often wanted to get just an absolute jaw dropper of the 12 apostles yeah with um, a big lightning storm behind it similar to like cradle mountain for you you know mm. the 12 apostles is a similar distance away from me as cradle mountain is from you where you live yeah. Um, I've been there a hundred times. Um, yeah. you know, I've shot the waterfall there, which I was wrapped yeah. with. Yeah. Um the 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 trouble, not much trouble, I suppose. The accessibility with the 12 apostles is really difficult. You've got yeah. really one angle that you can shoot from, and that's the viewing yeah. platform. You can't yeah, right. get, you, the beach is out of bounds, you're not allowed to get down there. It's um isn't there a walkway that goes down to the beach? So there's if you face if you literally do a 180 and face away from the 12 apostles, you can go down there. That's called Gibson steps and you can get yep. onto the beach there, but you cannot get around the, the headland. I thought there were steps on the other side down there. No, uh, there's, there's um, like a goat uh, track or something. Parks and wildlife. Are, it's literally under lock and key that right, to okay. get in. That's all fenced off. You yep. can't get in there without a very, very special permit uh, or you're working for parks and wildlife. Right. Okay. Um, you can't fly a drone there. Um, it's uh, it's penguin habitat down there as well. So yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 almost like a, like a sacred site. So um, yeah. yeah, you've really got the viewing platform there. But having said that, like you know, just an absolute belter of a sunset or a you yeah. know a meteor shower or just something you know yeah. re- like yeah, yeah really different there would be would be my absolute ultimate. I reckon because I've just got this connection with with that area with the whole great ocean road but yeah the 12 apostles in particular every time i every time i come around the corner and see that view yeah, yeah. there's something about it yeah there is there is some locations that do and, that, and i do it every time i come up the cradle there's a couple little corners on the road that you're like here it is it's there it's yeah. out out to play but the ultimate landscape shot i i don't think i've ever actually thought about that too much about Ooh, where, where notice. yeah where where would i want to be to get that ultimate shot but um, I think what one shot that always played in the back of my head was a bit was a shot Ansel Adams did of Yosemite National Park, and it's called mm-hmm. Tunnel Tunnel View. Um, I, I've been to Tunnel View, I've got the Tunnel View shot, but I was never happy with it. Um, I'd love to go back there in winter and probably get that winter stormy sort of look that he got in in his shot there. So it'd be probably something like that in America. Or recently, I've had a lot of maybe I don't know. It's all the analytics of Google, but I've had a lot of Patagonia popping up on my social medias yeah, yeah. and I, I think i wouldn't mind going there to check that out but yeah i think the ultimate landscape shot to me probably would be just one that is out of the box it probably doesn't matter where it is but like you said it's probably just that you know meteor shower or massive aurora or amazing electrical storm or something like that in a location yeah. that's cool as well so yeah. but having said that thinking out loud one shot i do want to get is uluru with waterfalls there you go yeah, that's one shot. I saw one the other day. It happened the other day. I'm like, that'd be cool. So that's yeah. maybe, that'd be up the similar top You've of my You've got to somewhere. get so lucky. 
to yeah, get that, that. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's got to, it's got to be super duper rainy yeah. and you've just got to be there or get there really quick. Um, my dad saw waterfalls on all the route. My dad right. was a uh, coach driver. He used to drive tours out to yeah. the Red Centre. Yeah. And he happened to be there one day and he got a photo of a waterfall coming off the side of the Uluru. Right. Um, you know, um, I don't think I got my photography skills from my dad. So it's not <laughs> the best photo in the world, but <laughs> but hey, he saw it. He saw it. But he but... saw it and he got the shot. That's right. Uh, so yeah, um... I, I reckon that'd be one of my Yeah, and it's funny, I've found myself now watching weather. Yeah, I like to I like to study if I see something about photos and weather that like Cradle Mountain behind me, I can sort of tell you like the first or second week of August, it will always get a good snow dump. Yeah. So like, you know, I've been watching when these rain events happen through the center and Uluru gets wet. I'm like, oh, can I time it to get up there? Yeah. If I can if I can survive Alice Springs without getting killed, then I'll probably get out to Uluru and, and do it. But yeah, and it's funny because the, the as you've been talking there, it's you start thinking, well, actually, you know, I've I've heard and seen, obviously, with the the, the with the internet now, um, mm-hmm. Norfolk Island. Yeah, 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 looks absolutely stunning. Looks like a photographer's paradise. So, yeah, there's another place on the on the yeah. list, you know, Lord, that I'd like Lord, to get to. Lord, Lord Howe Island, yeah, would be another one. And the other yeah. one that I'd really love to go to, which I don't think will ever happen, is Macquarie Island. Yes, um, that's it's basically funny, it's funny an, that, Antarctica, isn't it? Yeah, it's in between. It's funny that we're saying mostly Australian locations. That just shows how cool this country is. And how sort of yeah our parochial bias is, but that's how limited, fine. How limited we are with funds to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. Well, then, then right, okay, if we're talking global, then you've got uh, mm, global's big. Yeah, yeah, the Faroe Islands, the Faroe yeah. Islands, which yeah. I think are between Scotland and Scandinavia. I think. In yeah, that sounds whatever, right. The the North Sea um, that yeah. looks pretty pretty stunning. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but when it comes back to just you know what would be my ultimate landscape shot um you know is it going to be a sunrise is it going to be a sunset is it you know it, it'd be yeah i don't know, I don't know. and I, a- I know one thing for sure i haven't taken it yet well that's one thing i can tell you now i'll give you one location that wouldn't be on my ultimate fo- landscape photography shot and this has come from a guest on one of that trip at the moment um who's actually tri- traveling to us from belgium and I don't think I want to go to Belgium to do landscape photography based on what she's telling me of Belgium. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's one place I probably wouldn't get my ultimate No, it doesn't, doesn't feature high on landscape photography no, Belgium. I mean, I think it's pretty flat. It's pretty – there's not a lot going on in Belgium. There's as far no. as landscapes go, they do make a very good beer or two. They do, or and chocolate, chocolate and but stuff we'll like that. What they lack in landscape photography, they make yeah. up in other areas. So Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good one. I'd like to hear what people might have to say about. I would, yeah, I was just going to say. Comment below on 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 what you, if you if you had one, if put it, let's let's go old school. If you had a roll of film and you had one shot left, <laughs> where would you want to take it? That's right. Exactly. And I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear wife and kids and dogs and cats and stuff like. Give us a we location somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, bugger, bugger the family and the loved ones. Be selfish <laughs> and go somewhere and take that photo. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Uh, we have a deer cam. We do have a deer cam. Yes, Episode this is from this is, this is from our workshop. This is a currently. This was asked this morning. No, this evening, somewhere. Right. So you've already answered it. Uh, I have already answered, but I thought it'd be a great one for the show for our listening audience. When sh- deer cam, when shooting. This is from Joe from Perth in WA. She's come all the way to Tassie to ask me this question. From Perth in Western Cactus. 
When shooting reflections in a lake or puddle, is there anything you can do to help capture what you want to see in your frame that is reflecting from the water? For example, circular polarizer or camera positioning. I'm going to have to read that question again to even understand it. Well, maybe I wrote it badly. <laughs> when shooting reflections in a lake or a puddle, Makes is sense. there anything you can do to help capture what you want to see in your frame that is reflecting from the water? Oh, okay. So, so yeah. you, yeah, I know, I get it now. So, you want to see what's in the, actually in the reflection? Yes. You want, to, you want to capture that a little better. That's correct. Over to you, Ken. Well, I'm going to give it to you. I've already answered it. You answered that one. Well, oh shit! How do I do that? He says. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think I think straight up a circular polarizer is going to be, you know, you a, a very very handy addition if you want to shoot reflections because uh, yes. that's what circular polarizers do. People they enhance mm. reflections and they also cut through reflections. So we, we spoke about that. that as well. We spoke about uh, using circular polarizers to sometimes cut glare, but also and reflections, but also enhance introduce glare. them. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think the other thing is yeah. uh, is uh, can also purely be the position of your camera. So mm. moving your camera lower, shooting in the vertical format as well to get, if you've got a reflection, sometimes it's good to have a reflection that leads to a subject, similar to like could be Cradle Mountain, like we've got there. Mm -hmm. Or um, yeah, so literally yep. getting your camera lower to the water and closer to the water is going to help you there as well. Is that what you said to your... Hey, hey dear, this is dear, this is dear friends. No, I, we, we definitely would spoke about that kind of stuff. And, and we spoke about circular polarizer cutting either through reflections or enhancing them, which is a good one. And exactly that we we're talking about. Um, this is one thing I see on across the board with every workshop that happens and we try and, you know, drill it into them as, as they go through. I was actually going to say punch it into them, but we'll drill it into it instead um, about where your camera is positioned to do shots. So I can guarantee that most people will get to a location like the one behind me, set their tripod up to eye level mm -hmm. and off they go. Mm -hmm. And it's it's five foot, you know, everyone shoots at about five foot. Um, but what we're talking about is, yes, exactly that. Lower the camera down or, or bring the camera down up higher or lower. And also the angle of your camera from the side, if you're pointing straight out or pointing down or pointing up. And what we're talking about is something I learned in uni many years ago is that the angle of incidence equals the angle of reflection. So the angle, yeah, the angle that the light comes in and on off that reflective surface, if you have your camera on the same angle on the way, that the reflection's coming out, then you'll see that same thing. So, so I guess the easiest way to uh, to per explain that is if you want to skim, uh, if something is reflecting low in the in the background, you want to skim across that puddle or lake, or if you want to get the top of peaks and in puddles or lakes, you need to shoot a bit more down so you get more height or clouds or whatever it might be. So yeah, exactly that. Move your camera positioning around lower, higher, angled more, angled less, depending on what you're trying to get the reflection of. Perfect. There you go. That was a dear so, us. The angle of incidence is equal to the angle of reflection. Physics 101. Mm, I yeah. remember that from physics in year nine, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's and it's really like we did it tonight with Joe down at the lake, is that uh, the lake actually behind us, it has that tannin colour. So it's like a slightly sort of uh, tobacco-y colour. And because of all the burning off around here in Tassie at the moment, all the clouds and the smoke and stuff were all making the same sort of colour. So it was a nice marry up in the picture. But what she wanted to do was get the rocks as well as the reflection of Cradle Mountain. So just by adjusting the, the angle and the, the level of her camera, we're able to get the polarizer to cut through the water to get the rock color as well as the reflection in the water at the right angle to get the peaks behind us here. So 
it was a pretty good little lesson. And yeah, I, I broke out the physics 101 and I think I impressed maybe one person, but I think um, from one of the biggest advancements in digital cameras was the flip tilt screen. Yes. Because yes. I am forever bending my back and getting down low or, or oh, I, that's because you're, that's because you're in the Canon. If probably it's, it's, it's more to do with the fact that, you know, whenever I do have to use my tripod, um, like the other night when I was shooting the Aurora, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want this height, you know, I don't yeah. want to be, you know, I, I want that angle. I want to be low. I want, you know, cause quite often as people would know, you know, here in Ocean Grove, we've got the stairs and they've got yeah. the, the, um, the rails that go down the side. I don't yeah. want them to be down here. I want them to be coming out of the top left and right corner of my shot. So quite yeah. often I've got the camera down low and then you just flip out the screen and rotate it back. Ah, you don't, you know, yeah. I can just stand there and look at it. I don't have to crouch down yeah. and get in these weird angles and positions anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cause some controversy. If you, if, you don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You're, if, you're, if, so, you're so even keeled, and you never, the, oh, you're such a fence fence yeah, yeah, that's right. No, no. If you own a camera that doesn't have a tilt screen, piss it off now and go buy one that does. From it, from Ocean Grove Camera and Photo, I'll look from up, from yeah. anywhere, <laughs> but preferably from Brendan. The amount of time I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my mate Jamie a shout out. He's got a Canon EOS five, whatever the hell they are. Yeah, and it's got no flip screen. That's it's just like silly. dude. What? Why? Why? Who? Who in any development product team of Canon and Nikon <laughs> sat there and went, "Yep, you know, we're, we're we're talking about people not happy about us charging a few thousand dollars for a workshop." <laughs> That's right. These these people get paid tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year, and can't put a flip screen in your bloody camera. <laughs> Piss them off. Go to a brand that does it, or get yep. the latest version because yes, it is like you know. The dinosaurs have even advanced more than them. Yeah, I think. yeah, no, flip screens are worth their weight in gold. I've, yeah, but I can't like so many people I see in workshops. They rock up and they're they're almost lying on the ground trying to look at their <laughs> bloody screen. It's like just just flip it out. Like oh, it doesn't have a flip screen. Yeah. God. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there's my rant and controversy. Better yet, use the uh, use the app and control your camera with your phone screens. Just sit in your car. <laughs> that's right. Don't even go out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just do it that way. Sit in your car and take photos yeah, in the car park. Yeah, I, I did it the other night. I, I um Because I was, you know, when you're shooting any, like particularly Aurora, like where, where are you, are you... Are you going to try and justify sitting in your car using a remote? I wasn't sitting in the car, okay. but it was really, it was quite, the breeze was quite biting and this genius went out in his shorts and um, was taking photos of the Aurora. So I, I, I connected my phone you know, through the app to the camera and then just sort of crouched down behind the railing of the thing and <laughs> sat there and took photos that way, which. Um, yeah. You're, you're going to do fine. Well. You're going to do fine on this walk. <laughs> yeah. In my shorts. In your shorts. Are you wearing, you're not wearing shorts. Are you? No, there'll be, there will be, there'll be shortage. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But anyway, oh yeah, why people don't have flip screens? But you're right, like using the apps and the the things, like they are good. Um, we've had a lot of uh, macro photography here. Um, we've had a lot of the little on this uh, workshop that you're on. On this workshop, yeah, a lot of the yeah. le- little little electric blue uh, mac uh, fungi. Uh, what are they called? Yeah. My my Cena interruptus or interrupter or something they're called. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Look that up. Probably mm. a heap of BS, but but. <laughs> Um, what work what works really well in those situations is that you know you can use the remote shutter so you can set your tripod up because the getting down on the ground on a forest floor and we've had quite funny I said it in the message before we've had leeches today people, people mm. we, that's why you pay the big bucks folks you come that's in right. and get leeches come on. and get eaten by leeches it's a, so someone got off the forest floor today and they're like what what are these things 
crawling over my leg. I'm like, they're leeches. <laughs> um, hope it was worth it. So, yeah, that's where an app can come in, like the phone. You can just set up the camera and stand well away. And... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let the leeches crawl over your camera, not your legs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Thank you to our um, beer donations this week from Andrew Donat- T. Donator. Donator, Andrew T. If yeah. you would like to buy us a beer, dsps.com.au. Uh, of course, buying us a beer helps us uh, pay for running of the show and websites and all that sort of stuff. So, or, or beer, and it actually buys us a beer. So, mm, yeah, <laughs> um, we're, we're not we're not adverse to uh, you know uh, someone buying us a beer. That would be lovely. Um, so you day, say something. I was going to say, in this day and age, it's just a lovely gesture to get, <laughs> to buy to buy us a beer and. That's right. You know, we're not millionaires, even though we're trying <laughs> to be. But <it's>, <laughs> that's just, right. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, with the price we charge for our workshops, we must be. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> Moving on. If you uh, have a dear cam question, by all means, yeah. hit us up through dsps.com.au. Um, no, getting no, close no, to the end of the no, show. No, no physics questions, though. If you can, no, don't. no, thank you. No, definitely I, I not. Might, I, might, I might have studied some physics, but don't ask me any physics questions. No, that's all I know. Um, what do you got coming up, Cam? You're, you're wrapping up this lap of the map. Well, we're only halfway through. This is the, this yeah. is the, this is the, what's that? This is the song that never ends. This is the tour that never ends. And you're um, already knackered. I'm stuffed. Um, so, <laughs> and I even had a snooze this afternoon. We had a bit of time off. My, there you go. Talking about having a good trip, right? So yeah. I've, I've almost knocked myself out on the trailer. That's yeah. fine. And I, we had three hours off today because it was just so sunny and everyone said, oh, we'll just go chill out. I thought, you know what? I'll catch up on a, an hour of sleep. I'm in my little room here and outside the room, there's a workman putting up new panels on the outside of the room, like just drilling and banging. I'm like, are you kidding me? So anyway, uh, so what have I got left? We're heading off to Strawn tomorrow. Strawn, oh, which is a, wonderful. Yeah, it's a lovely little spot. So we head down there tomorrow and then we head back to Hobart. Uh, we have a couple of days left in Hobart to finish off the trip. Um, but we've got some weather coming. We've got some rain. We're expecting two inches of rain here tomorrow. Wow. So we're going to get off the mountain fairly quick and get down the West Coast a bit more. And yeah. Uh, But, yeah, we'll get that done. And then I'm preparing for our massive adventure down over the back of these mountains here. That's right. you got to, you got to walk up here. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Mm. That would be I mean, that would be Marion's, would it be? That is, Mar- that is Marion's lookout, yeah, yes. I already know all the names of the places and everything. That's good. That's uh, me telling you. <laughs> what do you what do you got going on? Uh, so Easter, uh, happy Easter, everyone. We um, we Not are today. No, no, it's Easter Friday. When, we, uh, yes. when this goes out, it's actually going out on Good Friday. So uh, yeah. um, I'm going to have a couple of days off, which will be great, and heading up to Swan, Swan Hill. Hill. So yeah. I'll be up there um, for just only a very very quick visit to uh, do a bit of camping with the kids. Uh, get a bit of Easter time together with them because I will have the second week of the school holidays with you in Ooh. Tasmania. So um, I am working, working, working to get everything done and ready and then I can clear out for a little bit and have a bit of a break. Yeah, and then you can, I'm looking forward to this walk. It's it's coming up very soon and I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I yeah, it's going to be great. And and, and um, I think the idea of recording a 10-minute down south photo show each day yes and putting it together as one podcast uh, it's it, the, the the idea has grown on me i think it's gonna be it's gonna be great we'll just every night when we've set up our tent or yeah. even if pe- even if we do it when people are setting up their tents in the background yeah we right. can have, have a little mic on and say hey welcome down episode yep. 1.1 and then we can just sort of say this is what we <laughs> did today right. it'll yeah. be episode uh 77 77.1 
That's right. There you go. So Perfect. I think I think it'll be good fun. But um, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I'll tell you what, I haven't done any training for this walk. because boy. But I, I keep fairly active in the hiking around yeah, business. Yeah. I'm, I'm and sure I've been walking be I've been walking everywhere on this trip and I feel pretty good, touch wood. Good, yep. No, no, I'm feeling relatively fit as well. So um, Jack and I are doing a big dress rehearsal on probably on Good Friday. We'll load basically yeah. everything except the food, obviously, because we're not going to get that until we get down there. Oh, you want um, you want food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, is that all right? Well, actually, no. Six days without food would probably do me wonders. But anyway. Probably wombats out there. Wombats do. We'll find one. A couple of currawongs. Ooh, <laughs> stories. We're going to give you some warnings about them. Yes. I'm looking forward to all the warnings. <laughs> no, it should be it should be good. Are we, so we've got one next episode next week. I believe before, so. We can before I'm pretty we sure go. we can I'm pretty sure we can squeeze maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll make it work. We should do. Uh that's it. That's the podcast. I hope you enjoy Cam, enjoy the rest of your tour. Um have yeah, fun. I'm going, I'm going to bed. <laughs> good idea. Me too. Uh this has been episode seventy five of the Downside Photo Show. We'll, we'll catch you for episode seventy six next week. Bye for now. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> How do I stop this thing? Yeah. You-